talking about something that affects so many people, but that nobody wants to talk about. Pornography. Speaking to individuals trying to stop looking at porn, and to spouses looking for support. This is Danny and Lindsay Pullman, a married couple who have been through this together. We're sharing a mix of our personal experiences, our experience as certified life coaches, and other empowering ideas. We hope this can help you on your journey. Enjoy! Hello, everybody! Hello! We're here to talk to you about fact versus story. This is a really powerful concept um, when you want to start looking at what's going on with your brain and how to manage it better. Um, Managing your brain better is a huge key and piece to changing anything worth going for in your life. Um, One example of this is the four-minute mile, right? People used to not even... They just assumed that a human could not run a mile in four minutes. And then somebody did it, and then suddenly a bunch of other people started doing it, right? Now it's just a normal thing. I mean, for people that do that, it's a normal thing. <laughs> I and can't do me, it yet. But... <laughs> but see, I've assumed I can't do it. What if I'm wrong? Um, and <laughs> and it all started with someone questioning this thing we just assumed was a fact and saying, you know what, maybe, maybe we're wrong about this. Maybe I could do a four-minute mile. And then he went and did it. But it started with how he thought about it. And so Lindsay's going to share a personal example here to start out. Yeah, I'm going to share this example, and it's something I see a lot with clients too. So when my husband told me that he was looking at porn without telling me about it, I instantly started telling myself this story. You know, I thought things like, well, obviously, he doesn't think I'm beautiful. Um, it's a he good must... story. Good story. <laughs> it felt so true to me. It's like, obviously. And then... You know, he must like looking at other women more than me. There's something wrong with me. He must not care about my feelings. Um, I'm trying to think of some other things. Yeah, it just, it was like a really, really painful story that I told myself and I totally believed to be true. But you and didn't even see it as a story, right? It, it no, was no, like, no. Just, this was fact. It's just the way like, it is. If he's looking at other women, then obviously. I am not good enough. I'm not beautiful enough. And and obviously my body will never be perf- like quote unquote perfect like theirs. So that was my truth. That was factual. And I'm going to tell you guys something. Telling yourself that you're never going to be enough or that you're never going to be beautiful enough doesn't feel very good. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> good to know. Right? Like I felt super, I just kind of felt like I was broken and it was not fun. And a lot of my adorable women come to me feeling that way too. And just want you all to know that we're, that's kind of what we're d- digging into today is like things can totally get better. And a lot of it just starts with being willing to ask yourself some questions about what we're say- telling ourselves in our brain. So what do you believe now instead of one of those painful what is one of the things that you believe yeah. now? So I mean this might sound like really you know for some of you it might sound really hard to believe right now and that's totally okay um, but when my husband looks at porn it has absolutely nothing to do with me and if you have a spouse who says that it is because of you or because of something you're doing or you're not doing they are absolutely wrong so just know like other people's actions have nothing to do with you and it doesn't have anything to do with your beauty your non-beauty your worth like it just or you know whatever like number is on the scale 
when your husband is looking at other images on a computer, it has nothing to do with you, okay? It doesn't mean you don't have to be like annoyed or whatever, or be willing to feel whatever you're feeling, but just know that it's not because of your worth and beauty as a human. Yeah, and it's important to know that the way the brain works is it doesn't really care if what you believe is right or wrong or true or not true or rational or irrational. Mm -hmm. Like, it really doesn't care. If you tell it to believe it, then it's going to help you prove it right and it's going to start seeming like a fact to right. you, right? And and so um, so yeah. it's not always about, like like, just someone saying that it's not the right thought doesn't always help as much as just being like, oh, I get to choose, so what do I want to believe then? Yeah, so what about you? Do you have anything, any stories that you've told yourself that were fact, felt factual, factual to you at one point but aren't yeah. anymore? Yeah, when I was like going through PTSD and super depressed, super anxious, depending on the time, um, on a bunch of medication, suicidal thoughts regularly, um, mm -hmm. you know, kind of the low point of my life. Um, I, I, I think I started wondering, part of why I was so depressed is because I, I was like, this, uh, I don't see how this can change or get better. Mm -hmm. Like this can't, basically this, this can't get better, mm -hmm. right? I wanted it to get better, but I, there was part of me that believed like, I just have no idea how. I don't see any way that it can and, um... And I was wrong about that. <laughs> and that's one of those things, like, looking back, where I'm really glad I was wrong about that. Um, it, it's kind of, it's a good thing to be wrong <laughs> with the way that we believe. Sometimes yeah. it is a really good thing. Some things that you're believing right now you want to hang on to, right? Because they are helpful. But when it's something like that, that didn't help me to believe that. And oh, it, you think it, it made you more depressed or less depressed? Oh, yeah. It, it created depression for me. Mm. You could say it might even be where the depression <laughs> came from, right? Um, but I didn't realize that at the time. It just felt kind of like, I don't know if this can get better. So glad I was wrong about that. So um, we're, I'm, I'm going to just explain some of the nuances of how to break down fact versus story in your mind uh, for a moment here. And then Lindsay's going to share another example. And so let's talk about facts first, okay? Uh, when it comes to facts, what we call them in the coaching model uh, from Brooke Castillo is circumstances. And what circumstances are is they are neutral data points that have happened in the world. Or another way to look at it is it's something that everyone can easily agree on in an obvious way. And another thing to make sure it's a fact is that you've taken out any adjectives or judgments, okay? And then the story, th that comes from your thoughts, right? Those are our thoughts about the neutral circumstances, and they are just sentences in your mind, and they're often, our, our opinions and perspectives are thoughts, right? Part of our story. And then thoughts, they create our feelings, and thoughts are also always optional. So there are facts, which are, a fact is a fact is a fact, right? And then there's a story about it, and the story is all optional. But sometimes, especially when it's your own brain and your own problems and situation, 
we confuse the facts with the story. And this is something to just start catching on to in your own brain and being aware of is what facts or what thoughts am I calling facts or circumstances in my own mind, right? And since thoughts create your feelings and feelings drive your actions and actions are what create your results for you in your life, the uh, what you think is really important, right? It all starts with the thought. So that's why it a really helpful exercise is to start questioning all the things that you assume are facts or circumstances in your life. Mm-hmm. Just start questioning which ones really are or really aren't and which ones are actually thoughts that you might have missed. Mm-hmm. And it, just this exercise alone is so powerful for so powerful. for starting to manage your mind. Yeah. And again, if you want some good questions, some examples of questions, you can, in the show notes, email me at lindsay at Lindsay Pullman Coaching and just put questions in the subject line and I'll send you a list. If you want to start doing this for yourself, it's some of the most empowering work you can do for yourself. And it can help you bring so much awareness to your consciousness and draw stuff up, thoughts that are you know offered up to you from your subconscious that you might not even know are there. So I just wanted to hurry and, you know, I shared that example in the beginning about, you know, what was factual to me about my husband looking at porn and, you know, going from this place of like, he doesn't love me, something's wrong with me, like going from that, that part of the spectrum to the opposite of like, it has absolutely nothing to do with me. I did not get there in a day. It took some time. And so, you know, I think sometimes just being willing to open up your brain to other ideas, other thoughts that could be you know, offering other ideas of what could be going on can be helpful for you to do it from like a, a curious watcher standpoint instead of like a judger, right? Judging him, judging yourself. Um, so it could be like, you know, it might have, for me, it might have started out with some thoughts like, wow, he must be in pain, you know? And then maybe that, you know, I needed to neutralize that a little bit and it might be like, he's looking at images, okay? I might have told myself, I don't know why he's looking at those, and that's okay. Um, another thing, I don't need, I don't always need to know why. Also okay. All right. I can get to a place, even if I don't believe now that has nothing to do with me. Like I am committed to getting to a place where I do actually know that. Okay. He's avoiding pain. Okay. And then the other thing that's kind of interesting too, is like, you know, what was I avoiding learning about myself by focusing so heavily on him and his porn use because I think I spent a lot of time um you know just as a human being being really and my intentions felt really really pure at the time and I I still think they were pure focusing on you know Danny and his recovery and you know what is he doing is he going to therapy is he getting outside all the things right but a good question to ask yourself if you kind of find yourself like overseeing your husband in you know what in him not looking at porn or anything else going on his mental illness is you know what am i avoiding learning about myself by focusing so heavily on him because what i noticed for me is you know i didn't i did think he had all the power over our marriage and i eventually got to a place where i saw like okay like how can i figure out me regardless of what he does and what that did is it helps me get to a more interdependent place where we could coexist in a really healthy space together yeah awesome awesome example um some other examples that i would add 
Mm-hmm. Were you finished with that yeah. point? Um, of just a few things to consider here, right? And are these circumstances, circumstances or thoughts is the question, right? So here, these are from real clients of mine. I looked at porn in the past. So that one, that could actually be a circumstance, right? Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Um, and it's taking the neutral language out. Um, it, it, one place where you can even get even more uh, facty about this is <laughs> the, the word porn, right? Like if porn is a loaded word for you, which it is for a lot of us, then you can change that and say, like, I looked at pixels on a screen. Right. Because that right? definition, that's so broad. Porn is like, there's so many different definitions to it. For sure. To like, other humans. For some people, it's like, if you go to the beach, that's what you see. And for other people, it's going to be something completely different. So yeah, maybe saying, I looked at pixels. I've looked at pixels in the past. And we're not trying to discount, you know, I don't know. Like, we're not trying to, like, discount anything or whatever. It's just like... it. But it matters how we, what story we tell ourselves because it drives how we feel and behave and, you know, how our lives turn out. Yeah, yeah. So um, that could be a helpful way to do it. And good point, like every client I ask, when I ask them to define what pornography is for them, their answers are like all different. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, all right, another one, it would be, I have an addiction, right? Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people out there that have this idea in their head and they see it as a fact. Yeah. And most of the guys that come to me um, at one point or another have thought that they just have an addiction and that's the fact, right? But this is another one worth questioning um, because if you think about that one, like for me, when I played with that idea for a while, like maybe I am an addict, right? Um it would usually lead to feelings of like powerlessness Mm -hmm. and then I'd be more likely to look at porn and my results would be that I would basically behave the way that I thought an addict would behave. Right. Like what don't they, what do they say at 12 steps? Do they have you say something about powerlessness or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the first steps to admit that you're powerless over lust and, um, there's a big emphasis on the powerless part in 12 steps that I did not find helpful for me. I see the point and the intent behind that discussion. We can get into that in more detailed another time. But and I think, oh, go ahead. But believing that I'm powerless over this or over <laughs> porn, like, is not, uh, not a helpful thing. Never has been, never will be. For my goals. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, and you might say, well, like addiction, like that is circumstantial. But like, you know, some people say, you know, if you, you know, it's probably an addiction if it's hindering some part of your life. But even like interpreting part of your life being hindered by an action, like it's still so subjective, right? So does that mean that like, you know, eating so much food that you can't, um, you know, ride a bike up a mountain means that you're a food addict? Or does it just mean that you're avoiding emotions and eating food, you know? So it's everything's so subjective. And so that the point is just seeing, like, how are you thinking about it? Asking yourself, like, how am I thinking about this? How is it making me feel and show up in my life? And is it serving me in my, you know, desire to get what I ultimately want? Yeah. And, like, with the term addict, right, and addiction, 
Like the definition has something to do with you continue doing something detrimental to yourself, like even though it is harming or causing damage to your life, right? It's yeah. something like that. And so, yeah, maybe that is something that I did at times, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I engaged in behavior like that at times. Mm-hmm. But it's a far different thing to say that versus like, no, I am an addict, right? Or I have an addiction, right? So mm-hmm. that, that can be a good mm-hmm. baby step to even start with if you are looking to claim a little more power in your life. Is yeah. Rather than I have an addiction or I'm an addict, like, yeah. oh, sometimes I behave like an addict, right? Yeah. yeah. like the definition of an addict. And there, I, there's actually a doctor. I can't remember what his name is, but I remember hearing him on a podcast and he's like, you know, we're all addicts. <laughs> It's just different ways, but I love the the reason I liked the way he said it is, and I, you know, if that feels triggering to you, like just discount what I'm saying. But the reason I liked it is because when the way he said it, there was no connotation of like bad or wrong. It was just like we all have human brains that are designed to, you know, be hardwired by certain behaviors or certain actions, and but everything can be de- deconditioned too, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. When I went through my uh, training and certification as a life coach, all of Brooke's stuff on weight loss, I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect for porn. <laughs> like all of her weight loss for stuff was like so, it was so helpful for me mm-hmm. and with where I was at and um, helped take things to the next level because it's the same thing. Like overeating, it's like the same brain patterns as looking yeah. at porn, right? And it can be so many different uh, ways it manifests, like you said. Right. Okay. Um, so th- some other ones, I'm just going to read through some of these other ones. It, we're not going to go in depth on all of them, but these are just ones to consider, right? Are these facts or circumstances? It hurts my wife when I view porn. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys see that as a fact. It's something worth questioning. I view porn about once every two months. That one would be for sure a circumstance. I feel like it's getting worse. At this point, I am kind of skeptical of anything being a permanent fix. In in the last month, I've looked at porn, masturbated one to two times per day. That's another circumstance, right? But very few of these are. <laughs> I'm addicted to porn. Yeah, we talked about that. I don't know how to overcome this. A lot of people think that's a fact. I don't know how. I just don't know how to overcome this, right? But if you buy into that so much then you don't even give yourself a chance to know how, right? So even that one's a good one to question. I'll be happier without porn and masturbation in my life. A lot of people think this. Um, It's not necessarily true. Um, Not changing will cost me my relationship with everyone, including God. Is that really true? I should be further along in my progress by now. I'm kind of curious about the... I'll be, I think a lot of listeners might be curious about this. I'll be happier without porn and masturbation in my life. Yeah. Like, what do you mean by that? Yeah. I mean, this might be kind of disappointing <laughs> to some people out there because, because it's been like kind of your baby, like your thing that you've held on to. Like, okay, no, but once I fix this, then everything will be better. Right. Okay. But it's just not true. Like, the human emotional experience is meant to be 50% positive 50% negative and it's it's that way now and it's that way when you remove porn from your life it's it's gonna be the same so a lot of guys they think I need to stop looking at porn to feel better Mm -hmm. but actually what it is is you need to get more intentional with your feelings 
to stop looking at porn. Yeah. So what would you say for you? Like, do you feel like your life is more enriched or like you've been able to experience it more or like, cause for some guys listening, they might be like, well, if I'm the same happy, if it's, if I'm not going to be happy without porn, then why stop? Yeah. Yeah. It's a mix for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, because, okay. So first of all, there is a physiological part, right? When you're, especially if you're looking at porn really regularly, it will affect your dopamine receptors in your brain, the amount of pleasure you can derive from that activity, right? It, it adjusts down from being overloaded. And so basically what that can do is make it so that other more naturally pleasurable activities in your life, they don't have the same impact, the same right. pizzazz, right? Because the, the receptors have adjusted downward. Right. So, so like with someone with sugar who copes with sugar over yeah, and over and over, can right? Do the they same might thing. still need they might need more and more and more to get a similar ish hit. Yeah, and it's like a spiral because they just keep adjusting uh, mm-hmm. continually, and that's part of why you can really spiral with this type of activity like porn um, or sugar. And so, what I was going to say is, if you if you um, remove the porn for long enough and let your brain kind of rebalance with those dopamine receptors, then then yeah, you can uh, more easily derive more pleasure from natural activities. Okay. It's kind of, when you're looking at porn a lot, it can make everything else kind of be like black and white or fuzzy. Like if you imagine watching a, a movie or something and then it can rebalance and then you'll start seeing everything in color again with better sound. Right. So, so there is that aspect, but then at the same time, uh, we think if we remove it that we're going to just like feel better <laughs> in right. every way and it's just not true like when I removed it for long enough I still felt I maybe even felt more crappy in some ways because I had to deal with my crap I was hiding from mm-hmm. with porn and so so there is a, a period there where if you're prepared with coaching tools or or with a coach or mind management tools then you can weather that storm and like come out of it better yeah but if you go into it not doing anything to manage what comes up then that's why a lot of people just go back to it because they don't know how to kind of get through that part yeah and I think you know like and the reason I bring in like sugar examples or food examples I you know for my like female listeners or for other people who don't look at porn I just want them to kind of have it like can help with a little more understanding but I know for me personally like I will say when I gained my you know weight when I had kids I always had a goal of getting back to a certain baseline and it was like once I get to the baseline then things will be better then I'll be happy then the problem whatever problems whatever negative thoughts I have my about my body will go away and I will tell you guys because I wasn't changing choosing to love and accept myself where I was at, you know, pre-baby, post-baby, whatever it is, every time I hit that goal, which I did with each of my kids, I still, I found new things to not like. I found new things I didn't like about myself and new things I wanted to change. And so just know it's not about, it's, it's just, we're not saying your life might not be more enriched if you take porn out of it or if you like lose the weight, but what we're saying is you're, you're still just going to have problems. They're going to be different ones. But, you know, for me personally, like if I did have like a weight loss goal, I might be really open to what problems I have next. They might be more fun, right? Like, you know, whatever it is, setting a new goal and seeing what comes up there. And so 
it's like, you know, pick your problems or pick your discomfort. Maybe, you know, what would you say if you had to choose the discomfort of like your current life versus like your life where you felt like porn was kind of in control? Even though your life is still uncomfortable, you still have uncomfortable parts of your life today, would you choose this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, it gives me the chance to examine what's going on in my brain mm-hmm. rather than just check out from it, right? Because that's what I used to do all the time is I would check out from my human experience, mm-hmm. right? So removing the porn for long enough to practice those things and build those skills of being engaged yeah. with my emotions, whether positive or negative, yeah. and using coaching tools to like get intentional about how I direct those feelings mm-hmm. um, has been completely rewarding. And then the things that I can create in a more long-term, sustainable way, mm-hmm. um, it's, yeah, hands down, way better without porn um compared to with porn but emotionally speaking if you are under the impression that somehow you're just going to feel great all the time once you fix this last problem of yours then it's not true and it's good to just kind of go into it aware of that and and the good thing about that is is then when you're coming up with your reason for why you're doing it you can have a really clear and focused reason that actually works right Mm -hmm. instead of this fantasy idea that everything's gonna be better once i fix this yeah because you're gonna get to that point and you're gonna realize the fantasy isn't true and then you'll just go back to porn because it didn't do what you thought it was supposed to do yeah yeah so let's talk about the brain is a computer analogy real quick oh yeah before we jump off sure um i like this this comparison right uh Think about a computer, it's programmed to do certain things and it just does them um, without you having to even tell it to, right? And well, when we were younger, <laughs> when we were younger, we had to think of, you know, like tying a shoe was really hard. You had to really focus on the bunny ears and all the things, right? And then as we get older, like that neuroplasticity, you know, our brain starts working for us and stuff comes more habitual, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was talking about a computer still, but oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, our computer is like our brain. Jump we have ahead. this lower part of our brain that it, it you know, ninety to ninety-five percent of our thoughts and our brain's activity is happening unconsciously and automatically, right? It's kind of like your computer. With your computer, you do some inputs here and there, and then it does what it's supposed to do with those inputs. Or you click here, click there, whatever. When it's working for you, it's amazing. It is, yeah. But then when <laughs> your computer isn't working, it's frustrating, right? And um, and it can be that way with your own brain, right? It's It's been programmed, whether on purpose or accidentally, just from what you've picked up throughout your life. And it's really efficient, and it's helpful in so many ways. Um, but part of this process of questioning what you see as facts in your life, um, mm-hmm. it can help you go in and one, one or zero at a time, you reprogram your computer, right? That unconscious part. And then if you practice that enough, it becomes your new default. And so that's what's so awesome about this work is, um, is when we focus on just willpower, trying to make ourselves take the actions we want to see out of ourselves we fizzle Mm -hmm. out if we don't have the the computer backing us up 
behind the scenes because then you're just fighting against the super efficient computer yeah. right but when you on the other hand go in and you program that computer to like work for you it's yeah. amazing and and you can do this with your brain so that it actually does become more effortless to reach your goals and do the work take mm -hmm. the actions you want to take yeah and the cool thing too is like your brain is yours so like you and your consciousness is like the gateway to deciding what it is that you want in your life and so when that sub those subconscious thoughts come up or when stuff does come to your awareness that has been more hardwired it's like the present moment is your opportunity to decide what you want to do with it you know yeah did you want to talk about like what happens when we talk to friends and family? Oh, and yeah, I was just going to say like the, so the thing too with like facts and stories is like if we have a story that we tell ourselves which is basically a string of words in our brain, if we go talk to our friends who have similar stories and ideas about themselves, then sometimes when we go talk to our you know friends about like our husband's porn use or you know, financial infidelity or all the things. Like if we go talk to someone with similar, you know, programming with similar thoughts and similar stories that they tell themselves, then when they agree with you, your story is going to feel more true, right? And so it's the thing is, is like you can go out into the world and find all the evidence to believe that like what your husband, you know, whatever it is you're wanting to believe about your husband's porn use, but just know like you are totally in control of what you want that to be. And you know, it may feel like so super factual right now, but you're also, you know, as an adult, you get to choose to hold on to that story or not. And if you're holding on to that story and if you've been holding on to that story, just pay attention to how it feels. Like tap into your body and see how it feels. And if you're loving it, go for it, right? But if you feel like it's affecting how you show up, you know, whether it's for your job or for your kids or for your marriage or just for yourself, right? Like that's the most important thing. Like how are you showing up for you when you tell yourself this story about your husband's porn use? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you, you know, learning about you or, you know, like a lot of, you know, are you withdrawing? I was, my style was more like I shut down and I would withdraw and, you know, kind of like numb out with food. And so just pay attention to how you're showing up. And if it's not something you want, then that's when you can start questioning your own story, right? And your brain is so powerful and your thoughts are so powerful. And not everyone has to agree with you for you to decide what, like no one has to agree with what you decide your story to be. But that's why I think it can be so powerful to have a coach because we will help you, like we see those patterns and we're gonna help you pin, like pinpoint what's fact, what's not, and help you shift yourself into like where you want to be going instead of just validating, you know? And yeah, there's nothing wrong with validating. We want friends and family to do that, right? That's a great thing that's, for friends and family to yeah, do. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Like that's when I'm going to a friend, I'm not looking for a coach, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm looking for validation and love and support. And I'm so grateful for those friends that offered that for me, right? I had other friends that tried to tell me what to do with my life and I didn't really like that. So I can totally see why I found my tribe and like stuck with them because they were just there to love, yeah. support, and validate. But it just got to a point where I was like, I need more. Like I want, I don't want to just be like in this place of like acceptance and apathy. Like how can I enjoy my life again? And that's where I got a coach because she helped me see 
you know, what thoughts or little stories I was kind of hanging on to that were driving um, me to get results that I wasn't liking in my life. It was amazing. Like your yeah. your transformation was so obvious and apparent that it's part of what inspired me to start getting into coaching and mm-hmm. get my own coach. And yeah, um, amazing. I love the idea of tapping in to your feelings too about this. Um, it, and that's what I would ask here at the end. Is like, what if your most painful feeling right now? What if your first step to feeling better could just be questioning? What am I thinking or assuming behind the scenes that's creating this feeling yeah. for me, right? And and just start questioning, like, maybe that's not a fact. And then you start to have a little wiggle room to right. use your power to feel differently. Yeah. And it's an amazing starting point. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, who would you be when you figure out what thought is making you feel whatever it is, if it's something you don't like? Ask yourself, like, who would I be without that thought? Yeah. Right. And to bring it back to the beginning, like, like what is your four minute mile right now? Right. Like, <laughs> is there something in your life that seems impossible and it, it seems so factual that it's out of your reach right now that actually is within your reach? Yeah. And if it is like, what would it mean to you to be able to go and grab it? Yeah. And you totally can, whatever that is for you. I used to think grad school was a four-minute mile. I don't know why. Like, I look back, I'm like, of course I did grad school. But it used to be, like, getting in would be the hardest thing ever. So just know that, like, whatever your four-minute mile is, like, be willing to open up yourself to the possibility that it's totally within your power to break that. Awesome. Glad you guys joined us this week. Go try it out. Let us know how it goes. Take care, everybody. See ya. Thanks for listening. If you're ready to get unstuck, move forward, or just feel better about your life and marriage, please reach out to us, whether it's for both of you or just yourself. You'd be surprised how much progress can be made in your marriage even if one of you works on the relationship. Don't wait for someone else to make things better for you. For more information or to find out what it would be like to have a coach, visit our websites, lindsaypullman.com and dannypullman.com. Make sure you spell Pullman, P-O-E-L-M-A-N. For freebies or other guides mentioned, check out the show notes. And to our current clients, we love you. And thank you for letting us be a part of your hero's journey.